questions you always had, the answers you were never given, the place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. Every record has been destroyed or falsified, every book rewritten, every picture has been repainted, every statue and street building has been renamed, every date has been altered, and the process is continuing day by day and minute by minute. History has stopped. Nothing exists except an endless present in which the party is always right. Those were the words from George Orwell from the book 1984. Tonight, we discuss the testimony of a former high-ranking NATO military official using the pseudonym Commander Z. He blows the whistle on an inevitable and planned global nuclear conflict designed to bring about a one-world government in the year 2018. With access to classified documents, Commander Z has revealed the five locations that will be safe in the coming nuclear war. He says, quote, My book offers an urgent warning to families moms, dads, sons, and daughters, to prepare for the inevitable. Without my book and the critical information it contains, you will have little chance of survival." Unquote. Greetings, I'm your host, Mel Fabregas. To listen to this entire interview and all of our material, subscribe at VeritasRadio.com. Commander C is a former high-ranking NATO officer with decades of experience working in top-secret programs. He is also a trained remote viewer. He has come forward to tell his story and share with the world the content of over 100 pages of top-secret classified documents he was shown. These documents contained incredible and astonishing secrets about our world, our universe, and plans for an upcoming nuclear war and takeover. Commander Z is currently in hiding, but he's allegedly doing his part by releasing this information. On his behalf, he has designated someone else to discuss this material with us tonight. His name is Royce Christian, a groundbreaking film producer, actor, writer, and director. He is also a journalist. Christian found success on such hit teen comedies as Nickelodeon's Drake and Josh and Zoe 101. Christian is perhaps best well known in the acting world for his portrayal of Manny, Selena Gomez's magic maid boyfriend on the Emmy award-winning Disney Channel original series Wizards of Waverly Place. His interest in the paranormal, UFOs, and the other side is where his heart is. He suffered an NDE at the age of 16, which has led him on a path of discovery of the world that sits outside of what is considered normal. Royce Christian joins us directly from Los Angeles, California. Hello, Royce, and welcome to Veritas. How are you? Thanks, Mel. I am great. I'm doing wonderful. Uh, I'm very happy to be here. I know this is sort of an interesting situation filling in for the author, but he's uh, it, he's not available to do this. And when he asked me, I, I kind of jumped at the chance because it's such an interesting book, like you said, and uh, there's a lot to talk about. Oh, gosh. This is one of those situations that it's very non-traditional. Before we begin, I want to let the listeners know that a few months ago, I received several requests to interview Commander C, and I had no way of contacting him except via Twitter, which is something we hardly use for communication with prospective guests. And then we finally heard from him. Also, I don't have a, a DD-214, and I have no way of confirming the authenticity of what we're about to discuss. So I'll let you, dear listener, be the judge. But before we begin, lay out the obvious. 
You are not Commander Z, Royce. Who is Commander Z and why are you here on his behalf? You know, this is a really interesting story. And it kind of I read I read up on uh, your history a little bit, how in 2008 you were kind of called to interview somebody. And that's kind of how this whole show started, if I'm correct. Correct. And, um, you know, I've been like you said, I was an actor when I was younger and and then I kind of moved into documentaries and journalism, you know, as I was older. So I've been writing for about five or six years on all different topics, but mostly entertainment, politics. And then for about a year and a half, I worked with your newswire, which covers like paranormal and, uh, you know, different, more a little out there topics that I prefer, (laughs) basically. So I'm still friends with the editor over there. And what happened and the reason I'm here is uh, uh, really, you know, I'm not a big sports fan. I'm not a huge uh, Super Bowl watcher, if you will. But the Super Bowl uh, this past February uh, happened. And there was some weird, you know, and you just sort of have this feeling and this gut. I had this, this sort of gut that I needed to watch it. And the day after, um, I started seeing all, and I am a big Twitter user. I'm, I'm the opposite of, of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I started to see... Um, just, I mean, hundreds and hundreds of people going crazy saying, wait a minute, they they found this this tweet from this gentleman, Commander Z, and it had been, I believe, about from about two weeks before the Super Bowl. And it accurately, he accurately predicted the score, the final score, which is a one in a million chance, you know, if, and, and in his tweet, he said something along the lines of, I don't have it in front of me, but he said something like, I'm going to be, I'm going to be a millionaire the, sc- the final score is X to X. And he was right. And, and the weird thing is about Twitter, and I've been using Twitter for since 2009. So what is that? Not, almost you know eight or nine years here. And um, I was shocked. It was, I, I, that it, was very, it was one of those moments where I went, I need to talk to this person. How the heck did he do this? And, and I think my, you know, I have a very skeptical side, even though, you know, paranormal on the other side is my passion. You know, there's so much dirt and trash out there. You got to make sure that things are legit. So I, on a whim, I went onto his Twitter page and people were just, you know, trying to figure it out because unlike Facebook, for those of uh, out there who maybe don't use Twitter, you cannot edit a Twitter post. You can't go back in time and say, oh, you know, change what you wrote. Once but but can you delete there, a tweet? You can delete a tweet, yes. So absolutely. what if, theoretically, just just the skeptic in me, just bear with me for a moment, because I like to dissect this one by one. Can he, theoretically, put out there hundreds of combinations of scores and then delete the ones that were not accurate and leave the one that was the winning so that, score? So yes, that was my, absolutely, you're, you're right in line with where I'm at. That was my first question. And what I came to find out, I talked to quite a few different people who know about this kind of stuff, who are my tech friends and my sources that I use for that. Um, it would, it's all recorded. Every, like, you can't ever actually fully delete a tweet. Everything is on the archives, you know, in the archive.base. Everything is actually there and kept forever. So even if you delete a tweet, it's very easy for anybody to go and search what tweets you've been deleted. I did it on myself. I wanted to see, you know, once I found out this was possible, I went and looked to see what tweets I had deleted over the last eight years. So what we, we looked at was whether he had done that and he had not. So that was one thing. Um, the other option that people were throwing out there as how he could have done this was, uh, did he, uh, lock his account basically so no one could see it. And the same scenario, which would be have a bunch of different, uh, tweets in there with all different scores and then just delete all the other ones except for the one he got right. right. He also did not do that. 
So that's when I became, and that was the first question I asked, and that was the first thing that I went and found out and verified. You know, I, I work for a lot of major media outlets as a writer. I, ha, you know, I'm, I'm all about, you know, double checking and vetting my uh, subjects and sources. So that was even kind of scarier to me that he hadn't done this. I kind of wish even now <laughs> that he had done that because it would have made it a lot easier just to say, oh, this is just some crap basically uh but but it wasn't and he um so what happened was i on the twitter you know he did that as a way to get attention for this book that he that he was releasing and i thought that was a really smart way (laughs) to get attention because it certainly got a lot of people's attention and i i I i knew that he was in hiding he had made that really clear already just through his twitter um you know i knew that he was a former former NATO military official. And, you know, he basically was about to expose a bunch of things. So I wrote him on Twitter. I I asked him to follow me. I think he only had about maybe five people following him. So I followed him. And on Twitter, in most cases, you both have to be following each other to talk. So I wrote him this, I I felt very called to speak to this man. And and it's funny, because I had kind of, you know, a year earlier left writing of, you know, I, I hadn't been writing about the paranormal or anything like this, for over a year and something just kept driving me to, I needed to talk to this person. I needed to talk to this person. So, um, I contacted him. I said, I want to do an article. I called my old editor at my old writing outlet that I used to cover paranormal with at your, your newswire.com. And I said, I, I really want to do this. Can I contact this guy? He said, yes. So I contacted commander Z and he was super gracious. And this is all through, you know, private messaging. And, you know, I think he was a little hesitant thinking that maybe I was going to write a hit piece on him or something. And keep in mind, the book had not come out yet. But what I was able to do was uh, I, I ordered the book online on Amazon, pre-ordered it. And the day it came out, I just sat. And like you and I were talking about before the show, it, it, it's, a, it's a small book, but you can't put it down and it's packed. So um, just very quickly, I, basically, I, I ended up writing a very uh, lengthy piece that kind of explained the book and also, uh, you know, why Commander Z is in the position that he's in and, and what, you know, basically framing it for people who maybe would want to read it. So that article took off and him and I started to stay in contact. And I, you know, it was strictly through Twitter DMs and we've stayed in contact all this time. So to round out to your story, um, about three months ago, he contacted me and he said, I have a huge favor. I really want to do this show. It's important to me. But I, for my own safety, which I'm sure we're going to get into during these next two hours, but for his own safety, he said he couldn't do it and asked if I would go on in his place. And it is a non-traditional thing, even for you, because this was the, it caused a little confusion. And I told him, I said, yeah, of course, you know, I, I, I do trust him. He's he's uh, he's been nothing but incredibly kind to me um, as far as, you know, keeping in constant communication. I, I've never met him in person. I have not uh, spoken to him on the phone, but I've spoken to him at length uh, through messaging. I mean, to the point of, you know, tens and 20, 30, 40 pages, I was printing out, you know, our DMs the other day just to, you know, read up for this because, you know, he's told me some things behind the scenes that, you know, I'm going to talk about today on the show. Um, but so, yeah, he it's, it's a little weird. Obviously, I'm not an ex-NATO military official. <laughs> I'm not in hiding. Uh, but I was happy to come on and talk about this book because I wrote the original article that kind of blew the book out there and put it into the public sphere. Uh, he did he did uh, actually give me a statement to read for your listeners. And I wanted to read it really quick. Is that OK with you? Mel? Sure. Please do. Yeah. All right. He wrote this is from Commander Z. 
I very much wish to do this interview, but my whereabouts and my voice must be protected. I've been able to safely and somewhat miraculously use Twitter without any severe consequences, but I have had two bank accounts frozen. I'm in a safe location for now, and I do believe they are aware of where I am. I know I'm being monitored, but my understanding is that my threat level hasn't quite reached a point where they want to waste time with taking action, meaning to kill him. My book includes many details they do not want out, but we are also nearing what you might call the end game, a point where they do not have time to worry about tying up loose ends. That is why we are seeing more and more truth tellers appearing all over the web. There is simply so little time left, and they are preparing for what will be the end of all wars. The entire purpose of this is to subdue the human species and bring it under a one-world government. My book also speaks of more esoteric topics relating to ETs, and with this material, I advise a healthy dose of skepticism. I'm not even certain of what I saw, but I explain it as best I can in the book. I think there are deep truths embedded there that I was exposed to. We all need to gather those nuggets of truth, but I can say for certain disinformation is so rampant, so potent, that even I wonder if I have been subject to it. I do not know for sure. I've done my best in my book to give all the information I have. I also want to thank Royce for helping out in all of this. He has been instrumental in getting my story out in a way that people can digest and understand. He has those gifts of intuition, and I think he will continue to be led by those. My hope and prayer is that in the coming turbulent times, the death toll will be far less than projected, and that if all else, all this madness can be prevented or delayed. Awareness is key. And that's the end of his statement for you guys, which I think is a, a pretty good lead. And that's one thing I always liked about him just before we get into it is, you know, and he says it in the book over and over again. He is, you know, even skeptical of certain things that he has seen himself. And I like that. And I've always admired that about him. He never came across. He never was ever trying to push anything down anybody's throats or make them believe um, and that's kind of unique in, in this situation, you would almost expect a person to be demanding belief, which we see all the time, Mel, in, in how many different books. And, you know, a lot of the authors are so stuck in what they're writing that they, you know, they couldn't even imagine it any other way. So the fact that he has always been so open with the fact that there is a lot and he's giving it to us the best way that he possibly can, um, and I've always had this belief that he truly just really wants to get the information out there. He has told me, I mean, I think there's a, a follow-up book coming. I know there's a lot of strange things have happened. Uh, his publishing company got threatened. They ended up dropping him. Um, he has told me since day one, no matter what his point is to just get this information out. And he actually originally wanted to put this book out for free and got into a pretty lengthy argument with his publishing company. I remember way back. And, uh, you know, basically they finally agreed on a very low number as far as cost. But I believe the next set of information, uh, I hope he doesn't kill me for saying this, but I believe he's putting it out for free or very, very, very cheap because his, his goal is, is not making money off of this. It is getting the information out. So with that, <laughs> I think that kind of covers why I'm here and not him. Is the book science fiction? Is the book? I don't know. I, I believe that it is it's not science fiction in the fact that it is an interview uh, that it's a series of interviews. I believe that he is a real person. I believe that he believes what he's saying is true. Um, personally, I think that there is a lot to digest in this and I always have. I think there's a lot to take in. He talks about a range of things from the end of the world, essentially the end of a lot of people's world, if you will. Uh, to nuclear war, to uh, ET, and you know, I'm sure like you have covered on your radio show, 
Uh, you know, I've written about all these subjects. I know that there is very, very heavy evidence in favor of it not being science fiction and it being real. So I believe that it's real. Um, and I think it's up to the listeners and who may go out and read the book to decide for themselves. But I know that he believes everything that he said, and I, I tend to agree with him there. Now, let's summarize the beginning. <laughs> At the beginning of his story, you know, that, that summary before he starts with the interviews, where was he taken? Why was he important? And what did they want with him? Well, and that's what's really interesting about this is he started out uh, basically as just a, a normal, um, you know, guy working with NATO. I think he was in uh, the battalion group, or he was he was uh, he was doing something just a very normal job. He was overseeing the engineering assistance of some defense projects in Europe. So people got to keep in mind this is you know the NATO army is a little different because they 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 protect Europe essentially and our allies over there. Um, but basically he was, <laughs> I don't know which, what word would you use? Um, he had a, I guess a pretty intense experience where he was, you know, uh, making friends with different people and, you know, and one of them was an, an, uh, an analyst for the CIA and, over the course of, I, I'm, I think about a year or two, it says in the book, they he started revealing uh, the CIA friend certain little things um, that when they were eating lunch or in the cafeteria and, and basically dropping hints that not all was what it seemed as in this space that they were working at. Um, and eventually, uh, he he started to trust uh, this this person who I think he calls John in the book. And John trusted him for whatever reason, and eventually they came into a lot of information, and they started talking to each other, and uh, Commander Z was brought down into basically a room with a quantum computer, as he calls it, and started to be exposed to this uh, crazy uh, plot, essentially, uh, that the governments have in place to essentially wipe out a lot of the population. Quantum computer? And this we're talking about the mid-80s, right? Yeah. And that's, I mean, I trust me, this is, it's as weird to, to, to you as it is to me, but it's, it's something, I think this is around 1985, um, and this is, you know, he was being warned basically by his friend. And then uh, there was a bit of a, you'll have to excuse me because I've been reading this book back and forth so many times that I might get some of these dates screwed up. And you just read it last night. So you may be able to summarize. Yeah, it's fresh in my mind. Better. Yeah, yeah. You might be able to summarize the opening a little bit better than I am. I, I have more of the, the uh, more of the nuts and bolts, if you will, of, of the story. But um, essentially... He ended up working in a remote viewing uh, aspect of, of NATO, but it wasn't even really, he explains, it wasn't even really a, um, uh, an official government, uh, you know, nothing on the books or on the records. It wasn't even an official program, but he was part of something pretty astonishing. So 1985, I believe he was exposed to some documents that he eventually confirmed was misinformation. Apparently, by there? Yes. Okay. Yes. Whenever I hear silence, I just think, okay, we get disconnected. <laughs> Somebody's I'm just a good listener. No, no. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> so he was offered some misinformation and so did other NATO officials. Apparently 
They were telling him, you know, the Cold War is, is right. We're fighting the good war. But eventually, he got the right documents and he found out what the Cold War was really all about. Do you remember? What the occult war was really all about? Yes. Um, as far as with the, uh, oh, the narratives of the Cold War. Yes, Cold yes. War. I'm sorry. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I don't, not off the top of my head, but we can, we can go into, you know, I'm so, uh, I'm so behind a little bit here right now. I, I, I'm embarrassed, but. Um, That's okay. If you want, I can read a paragraph here while you yeah, collect your great. thoughts. Yeah, I'm just collecting my thoughts. There's a lot. <laughs> well, it says here. It would be many years later that I would eventually see with my own eyes classified documents outlining plans for a government takeover and plans to institute a world government, as well as a revelation from a more terrifying than anything I could have ever imagined. It's my belief John, I believe John is the CIA person yes. that he's referring yeah, to, knew about this all along, and he was trying to warn me in 1985 in the best way he could without getting caught. Even though I did not act on his warning for many years, I believe he planted a seed that led me to this led me to this moment and the writing of this book. I hope what you learn going forward will help you protect yourself and family. And then my question is, why is he doing this? What is he trying to warn people about? Well, he's trying to warn them about event what what they what he believes is coming, which is a global nuclear conflict started by China. Um, the, the, the plans and the, and the, what he is seeing is that China is going to launch a, a massive nuclear attack. I think it was, I think if I remember it was eight nuclear bombs on one day, 16 the next week. And, and the goal was about to kill 22 million people and just completely disrupt America and make America essentially not exist anymore. Um, but without and, destroying the infrastructure. Correct. And that's something that's really interesting from uh, there's two editions of this book for, for those who don't know. Um, there is the original edition, which was in print. And then he did an updated second edition, which uh, the format of the book is really interesting because it's it's a set. It's a series of interviews and um, they were conducted by I believe he's a former uh, representative or congressman uh, who's also using a uh, basically a fake name doing the interview. But, um, you know, in the interviews, as as he goes further and further forward, you you learn essentially that what happened was his going back to the John part, you know, he, he gave him a note that said something along the lines of don't believe anything they tell you. And then he started to be groomed uh, essentially to be the best remote viewer uh, in the military. And they would, you know, put him through torture, uh, you know, mental uh, tests, if you will, that he I think describes as mental manipulation and, and mental torture. Uh, and, and he did this for 12 years. And essentially, the CIA agent had warned him that this was going to be coming. And I, I, the reason I think that he's he's doing this and talking out from my own personal conversations with him is he's he's scared like anybody would be who, you know, believes that the world is going to be ending soon. And I think that his theory and his uh, idea behind releasing the information was he knew that he was putting himself in danger. Um, there are a lot of very weird things, I must say, surrounding Commander Z that even I've experienced just being his friend. Um, I've had people contact me um, about him who really have no other way or, you know, or really uh, no way. I'm, I'm not very easy to, to, you know, my phone number is not public. Um, and I've had them, I had a, a girl actually call me and, you know, kind of ask me 
about the article and then it turned into her threatening me. And I got so many threats that after a while I actually changed the, uh, I had my, my editor at my old website where I wrote the article on, on your newswire, changed the name of the article to being written by me to being written by the editor because I was getting a lot of very strange threats and a lot of just weird things surrounding this. So that's another was another thing that sort of confirmed that there are a group of people who definitely don't want this information out there. And the information, I mean, essentially, uh, there's a lot in the middle, but really when it all comes down to it is that there's going to be a systematic uh, takedown of the country that is America, and it's kind of going to ripple across the world. And China's being used as well as all the world leaders. He talks about clones, which is a really interesting portion of the book uh he believes that there's been a cloning program going on for i think about 80 or 90 years and that most of the people in power he believes are are clones and what's also another interesting fact there well we we, we could talk about that I guess. yeah let's go uh, piece by piece let's go piece because i like to dissect it in chronological order too sure. and let me mention this too reading the book and also researching about you i found that the two of you are diametrically opposed in many ways, yeah. politically, yes. but at the same time, you have fostered a, a, you know, a friendship. Well, not just politically. I mean, you know, it's funny. One of the first uh, first things I have the book in front of me now. I'm sorry about a little earlier. That's right. Uh, they said, you know, he says on uh, I think the third or fourth page that they'll push a gay rights agenda. I'm a gay guy. Uh, like you said, politically, we're, you know, completely opposite ends of the spectrum. But that doesn't mean and, and if anything, that should tell you that I do trust this guy. I think that his information is is legitimate. And I believe that it it goes so far beyond Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump and, you know, normal everyday politics that are just kind of thrown down everybody's throats, if you will, that, you know, we're able to come to a, a, a place of understanding with each other uh, that is, I think, a little bit above. But that's interesting. I, I, I had a feeling you'd bring that up. And yeah, we do. We disagree. What, what I've noticed with him, though, is his once very fervent uh, excitement about Trump has diminished a little bit. Um, I think that he felt Trump had a chance to change things if he acted quickly. And Commander Z seems to believe that he didn't act quickly enough and that they're just, you know, the powers that be, the New World Order, whatever you want to refer to them as, uh, basically are just using him and he doesn't even know what's going on. So it's been interesting to watch um, because, you know, I'm sure he sees I'm, I'm very politically active on Twitter, <laughs> if you haven't noticed. And uh, I am not a fan of Donald Trump, but he was commander Z was a very big fan and it, it just seems like he's very disappointed. He's, he's put out quite a few tweets uh, saying that whatever chance he believed that we had with Donald Trump is pretty much that window has closed and it's over. Let me read this paragraph so that people know exactly what I was referring to. When I read this, I said to myself, well, you must be very impartial as a true journalist. That's exactly what you are. But it says, what would it look like in terms of what's coming? What would it look like? Will we have freedoms? Will he be a fascist? Will be fascist or a dictatorship? And Commander C responded, he will push a leftist agenda. You will see that the gay rights agenda was a, just a doorway for normalizing pedophilia. Once you normalize abortion and pedophilia, the total debasement of society is complete. Now you can control the people without requiring force because the people have willingly consented to living under immoral 
rule. So that must have been offensive to some people. And by the way, this program is totally apolitical. I've stated this a million times. I just go with the candidate. And, you know, when it comes to Trump, I, I think I agree with them. Something has happened where Trump has real, President Trump has realized that he, he didn't have the power he thought he was going to garner. Yeah, yeah, I, I do agree with that. And, you know, like you said, as as far, I, I'm pretty apolitical, uh, except for right now, I'm not very happy with Trump. But, you know, as a journalist, like you said, uh, the information, uh, it, it, I, I was pulled to him, first of all, there's, there's some spiritual connection that I have with Commander Z that is almost indescribable, just like you had to interview your first subject. That's yep. how this was. I had to connect with this man. Um, and it was, it, it was beyond, like I said, politics and it was beyond anything else. But I do agree. I think that, and I think that's what commander has been saying is that basically maybe the power that nor- normal presidents have, uh, Trump has not been given. And on top of that, he is realizing that all, everything he thought he could do, you know, isn't, uh, possible, which I think in, in, in to some degree happens to most presidents, but I don't want to get too off. That's <laughs> fine. That's fine. And he said, this is in October of uh, 2017 that the first of the three interviews, correct me if I'm wrong, the first one was October yes. 2017. He said, Trump is a patriot. He will probably win the election. The support for him is stronger than the media is letting on. I have also remote viewed the outcome and he will win the electoral college, but officially lose the popular vote. I have a feeling something is off with the popular vote. So we will see if that happens or not. Did he remote view the results? Because what he's almost talking as if he, this is late November. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, it was October that, I mean, at least that's what they say in the book. Right. And I, I believe him, um, you know, and that's one of his, his biggest, uh, his biggest strengths, I guess, is, is that, you know, the military trained him in remote viewing. And, you know, for those out there who maybe don't know what remote viewing is, uh, it's essentially a, a psychic ability where, and, and there have been, uh, you know, lots of not just rumors, but official reports of the military, at least our military, uh, hiring psychics and training remote viewers. There's a, there's a, a movie and a book called The Men Who Stare at Goats. And oh, it's yeah. a movie with, with George Clooney. And it's basically about how in the first Iraq war, they had a bunch of psychics and they were training people to remote view. This isn't uh, as far out as it sounds, but remote viewing is essentially you are in a room, uh, you're under... Oh, but we've had many remote viewers here, so our listeners are very aware of this. Yeah. So he remote views still, you know, not, he doesn't, not, he basically learned how to do it and was groomed to do it in, in this NATO military uh, situation, but he... He does say that he saw exactly what was going to happen, which which did, you know, it did pan out. It's exactly what he said. He there there was, you know, there, there's been questions about the popular vote, but he won the electoral college and uh, he could see Trump winning. So which whichever way you slice it, that's either scary because uh, if he's that good, then the rest of <laughs> what he says, even half of it coming true, uh, paints a pretty bleak picture for the future. And 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 I, I must say that just going over the book the last couple of days preparing for this interview, I was particularly interested in the, the second half, which I know we're going to get into. But you know, he a lot of what's going on right now, you know, with the threat of basically nuclear war with North Korea. You see words like, you know, fire and fury, you know, so there's that aspect. But then you also see all of these issues happening with race relations and like what happened in Charlottesville. There is a lot of people who are very unrested right now. And he talks about that. Uh, and he talked about this months before it even happened. I mean, he touches on, 
you know, them wanting people either complacent or uh, jailable, essentially, you know, so that they were such a, a nuisance to society because the people in charge basically view us or the things in charge, I guess, as nuisances. But we'll get into that. Yeah, when people when people hear things, get ready, folks. It's not what you think, but you know, Commander says precedence, and I've heard this before, that precedence, which I think the highest ranking government elected official, there are plenty of security levels above the precedence. So he says, precedents are not allowed to see what he saw. Your reaction to that? Um. I believe it because I think that at some point we would have had uh, a president or someone who had access that was in that role, like a vice president. Uh, have, I think it explains why we've not maybe heard much about aliens or the alien agenda. It seems like, you know, every time a president would try to um, say something, they would they would shut down or change their their minds. I and mean, you look at JFK, you look at uh, even Nixon. There's that story of him and Jackie Gleason, where he right. supposedly took Jackie Gleason to an alien base, and you know they never talked about it again. Uh, Ronald Reagan tried to talk about aliens and was shut down. I think uh, to me that rings very true. I think that it's totally plausible that they there would be a system in place many levels above the president. Did he trust the people who showed him the documents? The first set <laughs> or the second set? Both. Well, I presume well, yeah. that the first one, which is a hoax. Well, how do we know which one is real? Right. Well, well, he talks really only about the, the real documents. He, he, I think his, his purpose in explaining the first set uh, was just to let us know as readers that, you know, look, he's, he's, he's vetted this. He's, as far as he's concerned, this is, this is real uh, versus, um, you know, the hoax documents. But, um, you know, they basically what he in the book, what he starts to talk about is uh, the documents were, were shown to him and, and, and very, very, few, very few people have seen these things. Um, and they talk about, like you said, get ready, folks, uh, some really interesting things. And the, the man who interviews him in the book uh, kind of says, well, let's, let's start on some other subjects first and dives right into area 51 and aliens asking him what, you know, what, what it is because he was high level, presumably commander Z was a higher level than, or at least security clearance wise, a higher level than, than a lot of presidents. Now let's go step by step. Now this is getting really interesting. What did he say about area 51? Uh, he said that basically he doesn't have a huge knowledge of it, but basically there is, um, he doesn't know, uh, you know, as, as much as about the area 51 alien phenomenon. Um, he gets asked about the Dulce, New Mexico firefight. And there's a really interesting part in that part of the interview, um, where he starts to explain it and, and just goes that there's a base there. Um, and he explains that, the government has these very, very advanced vehicles, which a lot of people call UFOs. Um, you mean the TR-3Bs, the flying triangles? Yes, yes, yeah. And 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 that's where he starts to talk about uh, the, the interviewer. You can kind of feel, it's another interesting aspect of this book, is you can feel the excitement of the interviewer uh, in the beginning. You know, it's Area 51, and did we really land on the moon? And, you know, they talk about, kind of the fun stuff uh and the interviewer's tone definitely starts to shift for for a reason as as the truth of what these documents are uh comes out and they kind of get the 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 
I'd say the basic stuff out of the way. Um, he, you know, he talks about nine 11 being a cover up. He, he talks about, um, a lot of different, uh, basically devices, um, that maybe, you know, we don't, we're not really aware of yet because we are distracted as a people with conspiracies. And that's something that has allowed this agenda to be pushed through, which we're, we're, we're getting into right now, what that actually is. But one of the, one of the things that startled me the most and is something I've researched on, uh, you know, on other, for, for other interviews and other things is these nano devices. And, and he really early on in the book talks about, um, these basically uh, little, you know, almost microscopic devices in our food and in, in the air uh, and everywhere. And it's basically to to control us, I guess, on one aspect. But on the other, um, it's also going to come into play with what he sees coming in 2018. Well, this is what he says about that. He says, if, for example, they do not want an alternative media personality talking about something, they may use nano devices. Instead of threatening the person, they can use a nano device to alter their thoughts and brainwaves. It is not even difficult to suppress an urge or thought. So the next time the alternative media personality has a desire to talk about something they do not want him to talk about, his desire to talk about it will be suppressed. The suppression comes from the nanobots. He is never aware of it. You know, coming from, you know, my, I, I started out in media and I was nine years old. I, I did, you know, plays on Broadway in New York and then I went into film. You know, there's definitely some very weird things uh, where I've seen personally, whether it was, you know, from an acting sphere or from a news or a media personality sphere, where things would change very quickly, personalities would completely go nuts. And I know a lot of people want to say, oh, okay, well, that's just maybe a mental disorder or, or whatnot. But Anytime certain people I would notice would get, you know, I, I've, I've had some very well-known and even very famous friends who have completely shifted, who once maybe were very interested in aliens, let's say, uh, and, and were researching it heavily. And all of a sudden, you know, a few days later, they are making fun of it and say they want nothing to do with it. So that, you know, is not totally implausible. And basically, if you want to, you know, you kind of got to jump down uh, the rabbit hole with this book. And, you know, if because because of how much he talks about this isn't totally implausible that the government would have developed something like a nanotechnology to that they could just, you know, we, we, they talk about microwave guns. That's been around for how many years, 20, 30 years where they can just aim it basically. And they have the heart attack gun. So it's not completely implausible to think that there's also these nano devices possibly out there. And especially when someone is a, a major voice in, in radio or TV, like he talks about. It's such a fascinating book. And I just hope that we can compress them as much as we can. And folks, you know, just buy it. It's, it's very inexpensive and you be the judge. I, I couldn't put it down just because some of the things, yes, we've discussed some of them, but he gives a different slant. For example, we always think about the Zionists, and we know that they own the media and banking and all this and that. We think about the Bilderbergs and the Club of Rome and the Club of 300 and all those. But he says that those are perhaps, you know, part of it, pawns, but there's something on top of it that's really ruling all of them. Who are these or what are these what are these, I think, is the best <laughs> the best way to put it. Um, 
you know, he, he tells a story earlier in the book. I think this is about at this point in the book, correct me if I'm wrong, um, about basically how he developed a relationship with someone very, very high up who showed him, uh, documents and he was in an underground base. It was somewhere out, out, I say out here, maybe Arizona, New Mexico. I don't know. He doesn't actually label the base. Um, Took him many hours, helicopter, van, and many hours to get underground. It was 18 hours. That, 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 that was, that's right. I forgot about that. 18 hours. And this is basically people that he considers, he calls them patriots um, or, or black hats. Black hats. Yeah. You, you, and it's funny because you always think of white hats. Here. Yes. Right. White hats. So it's, it's an interesting term, but I guess for him, it, it almost makes sense when you hear uh, the realities of what's going on, uh, according to Commander Z. So, um, he was blindfolded, like you said, taking like a helicopter, a van. I mean, it's basically he was he was kidnapped by his friends, if you will. Um, and, you know, it almost took an entire day to get into this very tiny room. Um, and he was happy when his he got into this room and the blindfold was taken off. His friend was in there. And this is uh, it was a computer was brought in that I think the DOD or the Defense Department uses. Um, which he refers to as a, a quantum computer that has a sort of Windows uh, style to it, if you will, as a laptop. Um, but basically, the computer senses electrical activity, and um, they they made a a lot of uh, his friends who kidnapped him, which sounds funny. The Black Hats uh, made a lot of of attempts at basically making sure that he was protected and, and no one knew that he was there. Um, but what happened was once he started to, to be shown these, these documents, um, he was connected essentially to this, this computer, if you will. Um, and it was something that he had done before, but in a completely different level. Uh, and one of the questions that the interviewer asked at this point, you know, is how do you know that this wasn't what happened in you know, 1985? And he says he's very certain just because of uh, it was more than above top secret. The way that the public would react would be absolutely insane. I don't know if you have that part of the book book up, but um, before we dive into the the very crazy part, there's a really interesting section where he talks about uh, the reaction he thinks uh, that the public would have if if they actually saw these documents. Um, and that's what's basically absolute abject horror. Um, <laughs> so basically um, what happens next, I don't know where you want to go if you want to talk about the uh, exactly what he saw. Well, I have the book right here, and I think, okay. if, if, if correct me if I'm wrong, but apparently in this base... They knew he was there, but they didn't know for what reason. Not, obviously, correct. not the reason why why he was there. And he was, correct me if I'm wrong, he was given two hours to read. He couldn't write anything down, but he had a good way of, of you know, memorizing things. And he memorized as much as he could in two hours. Am I correct? That is correct. Yes, that's correct. They and I thank you for reminding me of that that aspect of it. Essentially, these the the people at the base had seen him there. I, I I'm assuming for his other remote viewing work, so it wasn't totally abnormal that he was present. But it was uh, he the real reason he was there was completely uh, for a different reason than anybody who saw him 
um, may have guessed. So uh, he sits down and, and, and then the rest of the book and, and where we're going to now, uh, the, the interviewer talks about trying to figure out what is so crazy. And he finally says, are we dealing with aliens? Is this what this is about? And he, and commander Z says, yes. And the, the person goes, are these the grays? And, and this is like you said, there's a lot of interesting little aspects that feel very unique to this book. Um, I'm sure a lot of people out there have read David Icke and the reptilian theory, uh, you know, and all the different aliens out there. But he even, he even says that David Icke was used. David Icke, incidentally, is someone that I, I worked with uh, a couple years ago for on a project. Uh, but basically that it's nothing that we – the idea of the aliens that most people have uh, are is completely wrong. And these extraterrestrials are in complete control of the government. Um, they have – I think he calls it – like a god or like gods in the book he talks about that they um they're not these like telepathic things um and that's one of the really interesting aspects of this book too that rings true to me Uh, he talks about this in the in the second part too but we as human beings have a a a power of intuition and you know our psychic abilities and that is something that these extraterrestrials do not have um, and that is their main interest in us is that we have the power if properly trained or just born with it to see the future or to be telepathic. And it is very unique according to commander Z to our species as humans. Um, and then they get into the talk about the aliens and what's going on. And by the way, again, in case people are confused with that term black hats, I thought, these were the bad guys and the white hats, the good guys. But Commander says the black hats are patriots. At any rate, what should, and we'll go back to these aliens shortly, but I'm just going in, in, in order here. What should people look for first in terms of what's coming? Oh, God. I believe he talks about a stock market crash coming first. There's going to be a, a lot of financial crises happening. Um, and as soon as uh, next month, he talks about September. I'm not sure if that was something that we talked about privately or that's in the book. Correct me if I'm November. Wrong, but, it's actually yeah, November. Yes, that there is going to be a giant uh, market crash, which is very interesting because if you look at where the stock market is right now, we're in a giant bubble. And yep. there's this this book. I can a hundred percent say I know for a fact came out in February, very I'd say mid February. So there is no way. He could have known what's happening right now, uh, at least, you know, uh, unless he's telling the truth, in my opinion, because the bubble that we're on, if you look at any stock analyst or talk to anybody who really understands the market, which I've done, I've talked to those people, we're basically setting ourselves up for what could potentially be a catastrophic crash worse than what we saw in 2008. Um and that's the first blow, essentially, uh, is you got there's a lot of different agendas within the main agenda. But, you know, one of them is 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 basically getting people to their knees, if you will. So uh, the, the, the stock market crash obviously would create uh, a lot of poverty, a lot of people not having food, a lot of people not having water. And that's basically what I, I consider the first blow. And, no, with any crash, it happens. It's almost feeling as if we're in the roaring 20s. Right yes. now. And it's almost yes. like it's that cusp. And no, they always do this. So they, right. <laughs> they put it, they make the, the the bubble go so high 
so that, boom, those prices just come falling down and that eventually they can pick up the pieces at a significant discount. But this is not going to be the case now. Things are going to be different. Right. And that's what makes this really interesting. Um, essentially, the, the, uh, the first blow or the first crash is sort of like, I, I don't know what the, the best way to put it, I would just say is to handicap everybody uh, globally. So we're all sort of at our knees. Um, and right after that, I, I, I believe is when he starts to talk about uh, what's happening with with nuclear war, but that's more in 2018. I, I'm trying to think if there's something in the middle here that I'm missing. Please correct me. If no, I'm no, wrong. you're absolutely right. First, okay. they're going to weaken us that way. I mean, if if a stock market crash, and this like, is not this is not a market crash like anything we've we've seen in our lifetimes. This is correct. Something along the lines that he said, like we're we're in the roaring 20s right now, and the Great Depression. I, I've talked to Commander about this. Is going to look like nothing compared to what we're about to see, uh, if all pans out. Uh, so once we're basically handicapped, the idea is that, uh, by, by the crash, handicapped by the crash, I should say, um, is that these extraterrestrials, they don't want to kill the planet. They don't want to destroy earth. Uh, but he talks about them essentially low yield nuclear bombs, uh, which are like less radiated, I guess, well, let's, let's not get there yet, because that's 2018. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> there are things in the middle that I like to go step by step. These sure. these entities, we're saying they're not greys, they're not reptilians, they're more like prey mantis. Yeah, and, which is an interesting like visual, like insects. And they do not have a lot of the abilities that, you know, we've been, he talks about uh, disinformation campaigns, and he talks about, you know, how, how, and I'm sure your listeners know about this too, but you know, the, a lot of times the CIA will put out, or the FBI allegedly puts out false information about aliens or, you know, any other subject to kind of throw people off. So it was really interesting to me that these praying mantis creatures, uh, they I, they came in the early 1900s, I think, right? About 1910, 89 years ago, correct. Okay, all right. Uh, so what would that put it at? Like the, around the 20s or 30s, actually. Um, but that is that's what the documents showed him. So that's kind of where the documents. So he's now looking at these things, and in, 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 like you said, he can't take notes. He is using his, his 89 uh, years ago. That's 1985 times. So we're talking about 30 more years. So yes, right. So about nine, early 1900s. That's what I remember uh, from from one of my conversations. And I think he says about uh, about two dozen or t- ten or twenty ships showed up. Right. And that was uh, basically where everything uh, changed. And they he he talks a little bit about cloning here at this part in the book, but they, they, like you said, they have the, they, they look like praying mantises, but the aliens have this ability. And this is where things get really crazy. If, if, if for anybody listening, I know what, 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 what I'm about to talk about is going to sound really weird. And again, you know, I am a reporter just like Mel is. So this is a little bit of a different, uh, you know, uh, I guess show if you will, but basically what commander Z says is that these extraterrestrials, who look like praying mantises, they have the ability to clone people. And by cloning, it's growing their bodies, uh, human bodies, and then cloning them. And then what gets really weird, uh, but also is something that if, you, if, you're, uh, if you've researched as, for as long as uh, I'm sure you have and I have and many of your listeners have, this is something that's kind of been floated around. It's this idea of this, this energy or this demonic sort of aspect of aliens. But what he says is these 
aliens grow these humans, they clone these humans, and then they actually possess them, like you would think of, you know, the exorcist or demonic possession, with the alien consciousness. Um, and apparently it's a very uh, intense, very, very hard on the human body process, it, the, the cloned human body, um, which is why they haven't done it to everybody, because they really only care about basically world leaders and people that they can uh or who are gaining traction in the world that they can clone or groom if you will and then you know they have multiple copies according to him uh and this is according to the document that he read um and it's it's a difficult cloning process that's that's one thing that he describes at length and i think is really interesting and it's i don't know about you mel but it's very unlike anything i've ever read about cloning and how it goes down especially with the consciousness aspect this is it's a very different take on it because you know it's basically a very difficult thing where i think a lot of the more mainstream alien stories make it seem like it would be a more easy thing for them to do but this makes a little bit more sense if everything is to believed uh, because they're they're really only interested in taking over the world governments by you know using cloned or you know leaders. He mentioned some people that they seem to never die. Even the the one of them keeps going to the hospital. But he's talking about Henry Kissinger. He's talking yes. about George Herbert Walker Bush that have been cloned. He also mentioned Reagan having been cloned five or six years after he was elected president. And then he says that President Trump has not been cloned because they didn't expect him to win the presidency. Otherwise, they would have started years before. However, and this is just my speculation. We remember Hillary, how sick she was. You know, one, one time, September 11th of last year, that she almost fell inside of her van. All of a sudden, a few hours later, she emerges from her daughter's building, almost looking like she was 10, 15 years younger. Yeah. And I thought in my mind, could that be a clone? I have I have to tell you uh, that was um, I, I I'm a Hillary supporter I, I and I know that it's probably going to upset some people but you know I, I'm very open <laughs> I'm very open about things I don't I don't I don't lie I'm very open about I'm, I'm a weirdo I'm kind of a mess of contradictions but I I know people who are not interested in the paranormal the the anything we're talking about at all don't believe any of it that that looked at the videos of Hillary that day. And said exactly what you just said, which is what the, you know what, blank, just happened. Because there's this video of her literally being dragged into a van after she's been co collapsed. Yeah. And, you know, there's all these stories about there being a, uh, a hospital facility actually in the same building that, because uh, she went to Chelsea, her That's daughter's right. apartment. And they talked about that there's actually an entire hospital facility in there and or maybe it's not a hospital maybe it's one of these these programs you know because he talks about how they don't just clone presidents because it takes it takes long they they try to plan in advance so they will go for uh cloning senators they'll clone you know heads of state uh maybe bankers you know people who they feel like could end up being a prime minister or a president and so they basically have because it's such a slow process and he talks about how incredibly slow it is to do this properly. And there's only so many of these aliens here, too, that, you know, for instance, like the Hillary one, like you said, they were, were probably prepared potentially with something, you know, to come on out. But with Donald, it's a different story now. I, who knows now what it, it is, but or if, if who he is, I mean. 
Um, I think it's just more of a case where they, he's, uh, to them, he's just kind of pointless. And, you know, if anything, they're, they're using him, which is, seems to be where, where Commander Z is at, which is a little bit of a different position than you see in the book. But if you look at his Twitter and what he writes, uh, and he doesn't tweet constantly, you know, you, it's exciting. You might get one tweet a week or, or even longer because he's in protective hiding, uh, you know, himself. But he seems to, like we were talking about earlier, think that Trump just is not part of this at all. And like you just said, they that they didn't make one. They really didn't expect him to uh, to win. And not to make parallels, but we know what happened to JFK. If oh, yeah. the powers that want to be don't want the person here, they'll find a way to take him out. Do they right. fear that if they do the same with Trump, that humans would snap out of their days and, and wake up even more? You know, they must not want that. That's what uh, I, I agree. I don't think that they want that at all. I feel like, you know, just this is sort of what he talks about a little bit, too. Um, but the people he, he, one of the scary aspects is people waking up as a concept. You know, when we talk about people waking up um, as a whole theory or even as as, a, as an existing thing, according to Commander Z in this book, it doesn't really matter anymore. That's why he believes he's not dead, like he said in the statement for you. Um, that's why he, he, they don't shut down. Uh, there's there's a part of the book he talks about, you know, why doesn't Google, who owns YouTube, censor these, you know, some people who are very awakened and enlightened, and why doesn't he turn off radio shows? Why don't they turn off radio shows like yours? And Commander Z's, uh, <laughs> his explanation is that we're just so close to the end that it doesn't matter. Well, not me, but they're doing that to some of my colleagues, by the way. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a really kind of scary thought, you know, and what's interesting about this book is, you know, you had all those back in 2000, you know, eight, nine, 10, every book was 2012, 2012, you know, everybody that was going to be it for a lot of people. And this, you know, the, the title of this book is Total Annihilation 2018 AD, Prepare Global, Prepare for Global Nuclear Conflict. Um and 2018, just, you know, just to share a personal experience, another reason I connected so much with this is I had an NDE when I was 16 years old. And uh, I had a, I've talked about this, but never, uh, never the full story, but you're going to be the first to hear it. Uh, it's quick. But basically, I, um, I had a heart issue I wasn't aware of and essentially flatlined. And I very vividly remember uh, what I believe was an angel who it looked like, and I kept hearing the name Gabriel, Gabriel. Now I was not a religious person at all, but I later found out that there's an Archangel Gabriel. I didn't really even know that much. That's how unreligious I was at 16. Uh, and he kept telling me in 2017 and 2018 is when the whole world is going to shift and change. And it's going to be very ugly and very dark for a period. So when I saw this book, um, and, and it said 2018. And this is something, you know, my friends and my, my family, my mom, you know, and I've talked about this for years because I, I had my near-death experience in 2004. So always in the back of my head was, okay, well, something huge is coming in 2018. 2017, 2018, this was, it was a much, you know, there was a lot said to me in, in, in the vision that I had when I flatlined. But the big takeaway was 2018. And I think that's another reason I was so drawn to Commander Z and what he's talking about here. Um, and now things are starting to fall like chess pieces into place that kind of uh, validate something. I think everybody has this sort of feeling that something is going to blow, if you will. 
uh, I don't know if you feel that way, but it just the, the, the population and not just in this country. I mean, I, I travel around the world and everybody is very on edge and is very uh, nervous. It's interesting you, you're saying that. I mean, to interrupt you, I apologize. No, but no, no, I, I, I remember when I started this this show in 2008, you know, when 2012 was over and I, by the way, I always said nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going to happen. Don't yeah. be in fear. But. It was more on an esoteric way. Oh, you know, something's going to happen. The earth will be ascending. That's what they used to say. But with this, we're talking about something tangible that you can feel it in the air. You see it in the people. You see the division. You see what's happening right now with finances. It's almost this artificial bubble ready to explode and war, all these things converging. And you really have to be living under a rock <laughs> not to, I don't want to be in fear. I want to be in awareness. And we're going to give people some solutions and some things to prepare because I don't want people to think that this title that I put out there was to scare people because that's not my intention. No, and it's not his, not to interrupt you, but just quickly, it's not his intention either. And there is actually a hopeful message in a way at the end. So yeah, we'll keep going. But there, it's not, as bad as it sounds, There, it's not like all is lost. But Go on. But yes, yes. And, and by the way, I'm a day trader for the record. So I follow <laughs> the markets on a daily basis and I've never seen this before. I laugh sometimes and I think, how high can this go? And you, yeah. you, we know the Federal Reserve is involved. At the same time, we're looking at all the cryptocurrencies. Just one of them. We can talk about Ethereum. We can talk about Bitcoin. The way this thing is going up makes you wonder if people are exiting their dollars and other currencies and getting yep. into this digital currency. But what happens if there's a low yield nuclear weapon or an EMP and all of a sudden technology as we know it ceases to exist? These people that are putting their money into cryptocurrencies, how in the world will they be accessing it? Well, that's exactly what I want to know. Um, one, one thing that he talks about in the second part uh, of, of or the, I should say the second edition is uh, Coinbase. And, you know, there's there's a I forget the name of the currency. I'd have to look at it. But, you know, he talks about investing in it and pulling it out pretty quickly, essentially, because of what you just said. How how the heck are people going to, you know, be able to get their money if there's no infrastructure? And what's weird, though, as we'll get into later, because we're going in order, which I love is that he they're not planning on bringing down the entire infrastructure it's more about br uh, people being brought down in size and numbers and also about dumbing them down which he talks about at length in 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 the book uh is 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 wanting a passive you know society who maybe isn't paying attention to like you said the markets or to um you know, what's going on. I think, you know, it, the, it's interesting you're a day trader and that just confirms what I've been seeing with my very limited knowledge is this is incredible what we're seeing. And, you know, for people out there who, who maybe don't follow the markets and this again is, is odd. This book was released in February. So obviously there, you know, markets can do a lot in how many months is that eight months uh, or a little less than eight months, seven months ago. And, and, and he's, if 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 the trend continues, he 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 pretty much got it right because we're gearing up for something pretty massive crash wise to happen. Didn't he say also that these aliens, it's they are used to people being docile, dumbed down, but they don't know how to deal with this awakening that's taking place. Yes, yeah, he talks about that a lot. Um, 
that the it's 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 a it's a double edged sword, if you will, because they weren't ex- they know that humans have this power, and I I personally think, and I think what Commander uh, kind of I don't know what the word is, but I guess kind of hints at is that they there are a lot of awake people, and it's more so I guess not in the traditional awake sense, but more of a sense of uh, their psychic abilities, their intuition. And I think a lot of people right now, this this last election especially, it woke up this weird, uh, I wouldn't say weird, but it woke up their intuition that something is maybe not right. And I think that that's something that is part of their psychic abilities that the aliens initially were interested in us for. Um, and they don't know, I don't think they were expecting a mass awakening, but on this, like I said, it's a double-edged sword on the same token they don't seem to be too concerned because the the elite or whatever you want to call extraterrestrial plan is that, you know, going just right on schedule, if you will. And we have to take a one and only intermission, but I have to say, and I'm going to ask you here, we may, may go more than the second hour, and I think you're yeah. okay with that, Royce, right? Yeah, I am, and I think we might have to to cover it all. Absolutely. And one thing that fascinated me a lot, and something that I've been... <sighs> pondering for years the fact that i think that at one point in time we used to live a lot lot longer and for some reason we're led to believe that oh death rates were so much you know people used to live less and now they're living more it's a lie it's a lie it's It's a total lie ever since i think the early 1900s or late 1800s these aliens when they came in here they realized that people were living 150 to 200 years of age even and rarely had any, cases. and even longer and rarely had any disease. And at that point, when you live to be so long, that's when all these powers of, you know, precognition, seeing the future, almost like having shamans everywhere, they couldn't deal with that. And yep. that's when they went with Wi-Fi, you know, radiation, vaccines, GMOs, nano devices, even radio waves. I mean, you know, in the old tel- tel- telegraph towers, I mean, all of this just bombardment, to dumb us down and turn us off. And folks, you might think that you know about cell towers, <laughs> but there's another reason behind it. I want to let you know, you need to subscribe to Veritas. I hardly say this emphatically like this, but this is how we remain active. I've seen some of my colleagues losing their channels because they're speaking the truth. There's less and less of us all the time. And the ones who are commercially driven, those people cannot really speak the truth because those vendors, those sponsors don't want some of that information out, but we are only dependent on you subscribers. So if you go to veritasradio.com, I want you to listen to the rest of this interview and all of the material that we have. And I'm telling you, you'll never be the same person again. Royce, how can people buy the book Total Annihilation and learn more about your work? Um, See, I don't even think they need to worry about my work, but (laughs) they can go on Amazon uh, dot com and it is available you can just type in commander z and uh it comes up it, the, the book is called total annihilation 2018 ad um and the they he has it on kindle and hard copy i will tell you that if you order the hard copy i have both i bought both uh if you order the hard copy it's only the first edition if you order the um if you do the Kindle or the online version, you'll get the the updated, which has, uh, I believe, it's either one very long or two extra interviews. I think it's one very long uh, and very informative interviews where we do talk about <laughs> cell towers a little bit. 
so you can go on Amazon.com. I know also uh, the best way to keep up with Commander Z is Twitter. It is the only way that he interacts with his readers. Uh, so you can find him. And his Twitter account is, uh, I want to double check that I'm right here, but it's twitter.com slash timewave666. But I'm going to double check that That's right it. now. It's correct. That is? Okay, good. Okay. And then... Um, and I know he I doesn't feel- like that, but his publisher suggested it. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting. His He's, uh, as far as I know, like I said earlier, they the publisher, he believes, was threatened. Um, and they are not currently working together as far he as He doesn't know. even trust him. No, he and you know it's interesting when I first the first time I ever spoke to Commander Z before the book came out, right after he predicted the Super Bowl score correctly, he was telling me he was having some trouble with the publishers, and a lot of it was about price because a lot of people after my article came out they said, "Well, why aren't you just giving this information away?" And that's what he really wanted to do. That was his plan, um, and the publishers, you know, he wanted to release it for a dollar. I remember even the hard copy, and his publisher said it's just not feasible. And they, there was a lot of arguments there, and then eventually, um, you know, they just parted ways. So I believe the next batch of information, the the, the best case is uh, keep an eye on his Twitter account, time timewave six 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 on Twitter, and uh, keep an eye on there because I think there, you know he also gives a lot of little updates uh, pretty constantly. I'd say at least once a week, and it's some interesting stuff. And he he's he's known for. Uh, predicting things so sometimes his twitter is is sort of like an oracle if you will and folks i'm going to open another door before we we part ways until we come back in second segment but i learned some concepts here that i've i thought i knew about science fiction but steampunk fiction i had no idea what that was it's a subgenre of science fiction but he says that steampunk fiction the aliens were responsible for the transition from steam-based technology to a fossil fuel and less advanced technology. And when I started looking into this yesterday, you know, think of Jules Verne and so many others. Perhaps in the past, steam technology was what we had before and there was no pollution and things were running great. And now we have this subjugation with the fossil technology. But, you know, we'll discuss this when we come back. I'm here with Royce Christian discussing total annihilation and people. Don't be scared about the title. We have solutions when we come back. This is Mel Fabregas, and you are listening to Veritas. Thank you for listening to the first part of this very important Veritas interview. To listen to the rest and all of our archive material, go to the member section or subscribe at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for great products, including pure organic sulfur, rebounders, turmeric, and more. Thank you.